Hey everybody, it's Keon Henderson and welcome again to Take Action with Keon. You know, I hope you've been enjoying uh, some of the discussions that we've been having over the last past several weeks. I've been getting a lot of feedback from the meal with the mogul and the minister and I tell you, that was a phenomenal conversation, a tremendous time spent together. Um, I, uh, some time ago, uh, here at our church in Houston, I preached a series called Get Out. And uh, I have to tell you that that series was near and dear to my heart. In fact, my sister, uh, my oldest sister, uh, whose name is Danielle, uh, she has um, been in ministry and in church her whole life and just here recently announced her call into the ministry. And, um, and now after 40-some-odd uh, years uh, being a Christian and a believer, and we were, we were raised in a very traditional system, um, she's come out and is now all of a sudden uh, this uh, woman of God who is preaching uh, phenomenal messages. Her first sermon was incredible on Jonah. And uh, I didn't know this, but she came up to me uh, just the other day and she said uh, at one of our staff retreats, she said that it was the series Get Out that actually helped her to get out of her situation, out of her rut, out of that mental place um, that she had been in so long. And so I thought, you know what, if it helped my sister, then maybe it can help our audience. And so I wanted to share with you, I don't want to take for granted that many of you have been watching us online or Facebook Live, uh, watching our sermons on Sunday. Uh, maybe some of you all are just subscribing today for the first time. So for some of you, this may be uh, repetitive information. And for those others, it may be brand new information. But one thing I can guarantee you is that if you've heard it before, you know, as we talk today and over the next past uh, next several weeks, there will be some new uh, things that you'll hear. And, and I hope that this really feels like a conversation between you and I, because it really is. You know, everybody doesn't have a mentor or that person that they can go down the street or go into their house or walk the grounds of their mansions or their estates and, and feel like they're in the company of somebody accomplished. And, and maybe God or time or serendipity just has allowed us to cross paths via the Internet in this podcast. So maybe I can be your your online pastor or your internet mentor or, or something of that nature. But the most important thing that I've discovered in my 36 years of living is that you have to become comfortable with who you are before you can ever become who you will be or who you shall be or, or even who you envision yourself to be. You have to first become comfortable with, you, with who you are. And um, I, I tell you, getting comfortable is one of the most difficult things in the world to accomplish. Now, those of you all who have never seen me in person, I am about six feet, four inches. Uh, and so it is very difficult for me to get comfortable anywhere, you know, because the bigger you are, the more difficult it is to become comfortable. You know, in, in cars, uh, every time I get in a car with somebody, if it's not an SUV, somebody always looks at me and says something crazy like, I hope you can fit in it, as if I, I can't somehow genuflect or, or, or bend my knees to, to get in the car they forget. Uh, that I grew up with a mother uh, who made $7 an hour, and the first car we ever had was a 1991 Ford Escort, hatchback, two doors. So I, I knew I'm proficient at, at folding myself up and getting in the tight spots. But, you know, it's difficult for me to get comfortable in cars. And you know, you know where else it's difficult for me to get comfortable? On airplanes. You know, even in the first-class seat, it's, it's very difficult when the person in front of you lets their seat all the way back. And, and, and so it's, it's very difficult 
for me to become comfortable because I am a big person. And, and my wife, being just about 8 to 10 inches shorter than me, she can go to sleep anywhere because she's smaller and, and she gets in those seats and she can curl right up and, and, and put her feet in the seat. And sometimes I just look at her with anger and frustration in my eyes looking at her sleep and sleep and sleep and I'm big and long and knees hurting and and can't get comfortable and and uh just the other day we were on the plane and and we uh, our seats were not together and the young lady saw us talking and and we were flirting with each other across the aisle and she says are you two together and we said yes she said would you like me to switch seats with you and we said, no, ma'am, we don't want to inconvenience you. And then I said to her, I said, she's probably tired of sitting next to me anyway. She's been sitting next to me uh, for the last 10 years. Maybe the next two hours won't hurt her. She says, oh, no, I'll get up. And she got up and she went over and she sat next to the person my wife was sitting next to. And my wife came and sat next to me. And let me tell you, I thank God because she talked to that man the entire three hours. And that would have been me <laughs> if she would have stayed next to me. I digress. I hope you don't think I mean that. That's the truth. Uh, I like to listen to my headphones on the plane or go to sleep. But my wife came and sat next to me. You know, that woman, she was comfortable no matter what. She was comfortable whether she was sitting next to me. She was comfortable whether she was sitting next to uh, the person across the aisle. And she was a happy woman. And that's the first thing I want you to know is that comfort is influenced by company. That when you are around the right people or around the right circumstance, uh, you, you tend to be comfortable uh, when you're in the right company. And I've learned that the happiest people in the world are the people who can find comfort the quickest. You see, those people who have to have the right person sitting next to them in the right seat with the right temperature on the plane, with the right drink on the tray, with the right clothes on, with the right shoes on. Once you have to have all of those things right, you're very difficult to please, and people who are difficult to please are not often happy. You know, life is not perfect. The temperature isn't always the temperature you want. So what do you do? Bring the things that you need to make sure that you can achieve the temperature you want. Dress in layers, and if it's too hot, take them off. If it's too cold, put them on. But I've discovered that the people who are the happiest are the people who can find comfort the quickest. You know, there's a scripture that talks about how Moses was not uh, permitted to enter into Canaan, into the promised land. And um, and, and because he had failed to exit himself. And, and the Bible says that around Numbers 32 and 29. And so he fights his whole life to attain something from the outside that he forgets to fight the very thing that's holding him back on the inside. See, there's always something in you that's at odds with what the universe, with what God, with what destiny has for you. See, it's what Napoleon Hill calls the other self. You see, there's in all of us the other self. That, that's, that's the person uh, who wants to go and achieve the business. And then there's the person who makes the excuses and says, but I don't have the money. There's the person who wants to write the book. And then there's the person that says, well, I'm busy and I'm a mother and I'm a single mother and I have children. You know, you have to become comfortable with your call. And sometimes that means being happy with the fact that you didn't get sleep. And sometimes that means rejoicing in the fact that, you know what, today I didn't eat because I was productive. 
you know, not 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 being frustrated because life doesn't go the way you want it to go and not being frustrated because you don't get to eat at 10 a.m. every day and you don't get your cheese sandwich at noon and you don't get an opportunity to have your oatmeal at two and and then you don't have an opportunity to have uh, this and that at a certain time. Sometimes life throws you a curveball and you've got to learn to deal with that other self because that other self is always at odds with your current self. That other self is always at odds and sometimes that other self is fear and sometimes that other self is rejection and sometimes that other self is a negative perspective and sometimes that that other self is glorying in the fact of your past and sometimes that other self is that little man or that little woman who sits on your shoulder and continues to tell you you can't do this or you can't do that. Sometimes it doesn't take a person from the outside to keep you from achieving your dreams because sometimes most of us are defeated before we ever hit the field because we've talked ourselves out of a victory. So I've been preaching 22 years and during my 22 years of ministry, I have never observed anybody who ever did anything great that was not plagued by the disease of the other self. Setbacks and difficulties are just temporary defeats and temporary disappointments. You've got to understand that these things, according to the Bible that I read, are all working together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. The men and the women who have achieved the most in life have been met with the most aggressive forms of temporary defeat. And that's all it is. Temporary defeat. I've never seen anybody lose a basketball game and then their their record came out for the year and said they're 0-32 this year because they lost the first game. No, you lose the first game, you have an opportunity to come back and win the second game. And then you can be one and one. But I tell you one thing, if you don't escape the first loss without allowing your winner's mentality to evade you, you will lose every future game. Not because the games are lost, but because you have lost the slight edge or the mental capacity to understand that these are but light afflictions and temporary defeats. Ralph Waldo Emerson said that everything you have missed, you have gained something else. And for everything you gain, you lose something else. The whole of what we know is really a system of compensation. Every suffering defect that you have ever had in your life is made up to push you to another place so that you can be effective. Every suffering is a reward. Every sacrifice is made up of debt and payment. See, the magic is determining how not to allow the temporary defeat of the other self to cause a permanent exclusion from the real self. The real you is a winner. The real you is a warrior. The real you is a lion or a lioness. The real you is the person who can conquer anything. The real you is the person who rises up to the challenge. And the real you is the one who pushes the counterfeit you, and you've got to learn which voice you're going to listen to. And so here are just a few things that I would say that you should look at as you go to the next level. Number one, there is always a route to every destination. There's always a route. There's a, you're going to have to go north, south, east, or west. Okay, that's geographically. But other than that, what I'm saying, there's a route. Uh, there, there's always uh, a frustration or a rejection. There's always something you have to climb over to get to the preferred path that you have. And sometimes preference disagrees with, with, with pace. <laughs> sometimes preference disagrees with pace. Sometimes you want it 
quickly. And life will say, no, you can't get it quickly because what I have for you has to go into the crock pot of life. Or sometimes it has to be baked for two days or sometimes it has to be baked for two weeks or two months or two years. You've got to make sure that sometimes you slow your preference down uh, to catch up with your pace or sometimes speed your pace up and be at odds with your preference. Sometimes preference and path disagree. And sometimes God is covering you from a danger that you are not even seeing. See, there's there's a story that I like to tell um, about hitting my head on the corner of a wall. One day I was in a restaurant with some friends um, um, and uh, we were in a restaurant. It was a nice restaurant. And, and uh, you know, if you know me, I love to laugh. I, I love to laugh. I think that laughter is medicine. I think that uh, most people are very, very serious. And I think that being too serious uh, can also make you very stressful. And so I have two friends that uh, are my best friends, and, and both of them are hilarious. They are comedians. And one of them said something that was so hilarious that I kind of flew back in my chair. If you can imagine somebody sitting in the chair and I flung my head back. And when I flung my head back, I didn't recognize that there was a pillar behind me uh, and it was square. And I hit my head right on the corner of that pillar. I mean, when I say I hit it, I hit it. It was not a tap. It wasn't a love tap. It was a hit. I went back full force and hit my head on that pillar and I touched my head. I thought my head was split wide open. I thought the blood was gushing down the back of my neck. I asked my friends, am I bleeding? They said no. And I said, are you sure? You should have saw the look on my face. My eyes were watering. You know why my head didn't bleed? Is because obviously the manager of that restaurant or whoever put that restaurant together knew that that seat would be there and that maybe somebody hit their head before. So there was a covering over that corner. And I tell you today, if there was not a covering over that corner, I would have split my head in half. But because of that covering, I was able to sustain a bump, but it did not make me bleed. What am I saying? That every slight edge, every sharp edge, every major edge, every frustration, every rejection, the God that you serve or the faith that you have has put a covering around those corners. So when you hit it, it may hurt, but it's not going to break you. It's not going to kill you. It won't open up a new wound. Why? It's just there to get your attention, to let you know the next time don't do that. And you know what? Now every time I'm in the seat, it doesn't matter if I'm in an open space. I am careful not to fling my head back like that. Why? Because those kinds of circumstances are used by life to do nothing more than to teach you when not to fling your head. You can get the metaphor. You understand what I'm saying. You've just got to be careful and watch your surroundings. You've got to be comfortable with the disruptions in your routes. And you've got to be comfortable if you're a Bible reader with the fish that Jonah end up in. And you've got to be comfortable with the fire that the Hebrew boys ended up in and you've got to be comfortable with the pit that Joseph ended up in and you've got to be comfortable with the lion that Daniel had to face and you've got to be careful and comfortable I should say with the bear that that David had to face and you've got to be comfortable with the shipwreck that Paul had to face you've got to be comfortable so you've got to be comfortable with your route the next thing you've got to understand is that every day has a rule every day has a rule every day has a rule and you know what the rule of the day is be glad and rejoice in it. That's the rule. Be glad and rejoice in it. It's cold outside. Be glad and rejoice in it. I don't have enough finances. Be glad and rejoice in it. Uh, my children are misbehaving. Be glad and rejoice in it. I'm, I've got a doctor's report that I'm waiting on. Be glad and rejoice in it. Because let me tell you, your day will treat you the way you treat it. If you treat your day like, oh, here you go. 
another day, oh, it's a bad day, then your day is going to treat you bad. You know, most people blame the day, but I blame the peace, the person. I blame the person because you have the ability to make it a great day. The rule to every day is to rejoice and be glad in it. You know, I was speaking in Toronto not too long ago, and one of the speakers said that as a billionaire, the only thing he did to become a billionaire is find 100 things every day to be grateful for. How about that? How about you just do 10 things? Just find 10 things every day that you can be grateful for. Number three, and this is very, very important, you've got to understand that if the day started off bad, that there is room for redemption. Now, that is a major, major key alert. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give you a moment right now. I don't know where you are, and if you're driving, please be careful. But if you're at home, I want you to somehow write down routes, rules, and redemption. You know what redemption is? It's freeing. It's freeing. You've got to free yourself to have uh, a great day. Not, not that you won't have errors. Not that evil won't come. Not that you won't be frustrated. But you've got to give yourself room for, for redemption. You've got to give yourself uh, the ability to recover the day because it won't always go well. Sometimes the day will start off bad. You may hit your toe on the edge of the bed. You may, you may have a frustrating moment. You may get a bad call. I tell you uh, that uh, today, uh, as I sit here, about a week ago today, I received a phone call, and, and uh, I answered that phone. It was my brother, and they told me that my father wasn't doing well. In fact, to be quite honest, they told me that he had coded. In other words, uh, that my father, they could not find a pulse in my father for two months, two minutes. Uh, this is my biological father. They couldn't find a pulse in him for two minutes. And, and without getting into the minutia of the story, here I am a week uh, from that moment, and he's out of ICU and in an immediate care room, and, and, and they found that he had pneumonia, and so they were able to get that fluid off of his lungs, and they found out some stuff about all kinds of functionality in his body. And here it is, a week later, he's responding to the nurses. He's even able to speak because there's always redemption in every situation. And if you give up because the line is flat, and if you give up because a certain system shuts down, and, and if you give up because they found fluid, if you will, or, or dysfunction or whatever it is in an area of your life that it is not supposed to be, you can give up in those moments, and life can give you exactly what you want. But there is redemption after every moment. There's redemption after every moment. And in every moment, there are two things I want you to know about redemption. There's always peace and there's always a payment. <laughs> there's always peace and there is always a payment. Life is testing you to see if your appetite prefer prefers revenge or reward. And every day you get up, you have a choice. Do I pick revenge or reward? Because if you care more about getting even, you'll never get better. I'm going to say that again. If you care about getting even, you will never get better. And let me tell you something else. You can never get ahead of anybody. You can never get ahead of anybody you're trying to get even with. So some of you all are going to have to let some people go. And I know they hurt you, and I know they rejected you, and I know they, they have frustrated you, and they have said all kinds of manner of evil about you. But you're going to have to let it go 
because this is your moment for redemption. This is your moment to get it all back. This is your moment to get all of your peace and all of your happiness. And I want you to reconcile that this is your year. This is your moment. 2018 is just a few days away. As a matter of fact, by the time you hear this, it may be just a day away. I'm not sure when you will hear this, but I want you to know it'll be on the precipice on or before 2018. And this is your year to shine. This is your year to go to the next level. And this is your year to take everything back that life has taken from you. And that is what I call the payment. That's what I call the payment. You shall buy the meat of the land and you shall feast thereof. You shall recover it all. Don't take anything. And when I say anything, don't take anything for granted. Worst things have happened to you. Moments of pain, pestilence, and pestering have all but made you quit. But I came today just for these few moments to tell you, you got to get comfortable with your call. You've got to rise up and you've got to stand up and you've got to know the rules. You've got to know the routes and you've got to know the redemption. And inside of your redemption, you've got to find your peace and your payment. For me, my payment is going to be joy, unspeakable joy. I'm going to let nothing separate me from my destiny. I'm Keon Henderson. I cannot wait to hear from you on next week. Hit me up on Instagram at Pastor Keon. Let me know what you think about the podcast. Let me know where we can improve. Let me know what you enjoy. I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this so you can walk into your destiny. I'm doing this for the rejected to help you to find all of the energies that life has for you in spite of the fatigue that your journey has presented you. God bless you. Love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Friends and colleagues, it's time to take action and subscribe to this podcast. Follow Kian Henderson on social media at Pastor Kian. Visit the website daily for lifestyle, leadership, and learning at kianhenderson.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep doing life.